Welcome to the New Clothes Podcast. This is where we are creating a space for our brokenness, yet remembering that God uses broken people just like us. So, let's get started, friends. I got new clothes. Don't you want some too? I gotta tell you what he did for me. He wants to do for you. He wants to heal you. Oh, wants to give you new clothes. Well, welcome. Today I am here with Sue Noble, and she has an amazing story to tell us. <laughs> Um, a story of how we can choose to trust in God. And sometimes even though it's a daily battle, a moment-to-moment battle, we do have that choice. But uh, Sue, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Well, um, do you want to know about me or do you want to know my story? Well, tell us about you first. Who are you? I am a 71-year-old widow. Um who loves the Lord and trusts him with all my heart and that's who I am. That's who you are. Yes. Okay. So take us back. You had your firstborn Matthew. Yes. After five years of infertility. Oh. My husband and I were thrilled when we had our firstborn. And we thought we had a nine pound healthy baby boy. Mm-hmm. And at four months old the doctors told us that they didn't like the way his heart sounded and they wanted us to go to Ann Arbor. So we went to Ann Arbor at the U of M hospital. And there they said he has a large hole in his heart with a double outlet right ventricle. And someday he'll have to have open heart surgery. Well, my husband and I, we weren't Christians. Mm-hmm. We were big partiers, loved to have a good time, you know. This. Mm-hmm. And my first thing, my first thought was, why, God, why did you do this to us? Why mm-hmm. did you do this to our baby? Um, but through it all, <laughs> God showed me that that he used it for his good, for his glory. Wow. And um, so... Probably when Matt was about a year old, I got saved. And it was because of his heart problem. Mm-hmm. Because no partying, mm-hmm. no money, no <laughs> nothing could make my son better. Yeah. Only God. And I had a friend that said to me, um, Sue, would you like to come to church with me? This lady I work with has been bugging me to come to church. And I don't want to go alone. Would you go? So I went with her. And... The first thing they said was, we believe in healing. Does anybody have any prayer requests? And it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, (laughs) God heals. And so that began, God began to work on my heart at that point. And I continued to go back to that church, and I got saved. And um, my husband didn't and he thought I was crazy <laughs> and I went from radical party girl to radical Christian I mean totally sold out for the Lord and mm. and my poor husband would say um what happened to the girl I married you know right and I would preach at him all the time and tell him he's going to hell but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that didn't do anything. It doesn't help, does it? No, it didn't help. But um, 
So when Matt was about two, we had a special speaker come to our church. And, and so I fasted and prayed and was so excited because I just knew God was going to do something that, you know, that service. And I invited friends and I thought the Lord was going to do something in their life. Mm. But little did I know that he had planned for me that night. And so we're sitting there in the service and uh, the, the lady said, there's someone here praying for healing mm. for a heart. Oh, wow. And I was a new Christian, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, if that's me, you know, you need to be more specific because I was scared to death. You know, I was right. just a young girl, you know, scared to go up there. And so she said, oh, I believe it's for a child. Well, when she <laughs> said that, I was like, I went up front. Oh. And, and before she reached out her hands to me, before we could grab hands, it was like a bolt of lightning went through me and knocked me right back onto the floor. Wow. And as I laid on the floor, the Lord spoke to my spirit and he said, I'm going to heal your son and I'm going to give him a new heart and put a new spirit within him. Mm. And you have to trust me. And so as I laid there, I felt like I was just screaming, thank you, Jesus, like you would right? if you were, if he had just said that to you. Right. And my friends go, you weren't saying a word. I said, I guess I was, you know, <laughs> I was, <laughs> but it was my spirit that wow. was, you know, with the Lord. And so I went home that night and I said to my husband, Matt's heart's healed. He goes. Well, I hope you're right. You know? Yeah, sure, honey. Crazy lady. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't happen like I thought. I thought I was going to get up and go home and he was healed. Yeah. But God had other plans. And um, so um, when he was five years old, uh -huh. so he was about two then. When he was five years old, I went to a conference and at this conference, there was probably 300 people there. And again, this lady comes over to me and she said, the Lord has a word for you. Wow. And he said, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to do the healing as I promised, but not in the way that you think. Oh. And I went home and said to my husband, it was like, I knew that I knew that I knew he's going to have open heart surgery. I said, Matt's going to have to have surgery. I know he is. And I had never said that before. Mm. So we had a doctor's appointment like a week later. They said, it's time to operate. We need to operate and close this hole. So went into surgery knowing I just knew that I knew that I knew everything was going to be great. Mm -hmm. And my husband used to call me Pollyanna. Because <laughs> I just thought, glad thoughts on, you know, everything's going to be good. You don't have to worry. And, um. Uh, so the surgery didn't go well. Mm. They came out and said, if he lives through the night, then he will probably make it, but it's real touch and go. And I just couldn't believe it. It's like, no, wow. was, no, Lord. no, God told me, no, yeah, God yeah. told me. And so I knew I had to just hang on to that. And, and, um, so he obviously came through the night and went home after two weeks and 
he went home and he was on more medicine than he was on when he had the surgery. And I was really discouraged. I felt like, you know, did I miss it, Lord? What yeah. did, you know, I made the wrong choice of letting them operate. I should have stood in faith. I should have, you know. Oh, wow. So then you almost judged yourself. Like, oh, yeah. Kind of started judging yourself. Of, I didn't have enough faith. I didn't exactly. it's my fault. Wow. It was like, it was up to me. Uh-huh. And so it was like, if I learn enough scriptures, if I pray over him enough, if I do this, if I do that, then he'll, then the healing will come. Right. Oh, and, yeah. all the doing, right? All the, yes. If I'm enough. Yes, and it was such a bondage, you know. Well, oh, wow. two weeks after he was home, he came into my beauty salon, and he keeled over and had cardiac arrest, his first cardiac arrest. And he was five? And he was five. Oh, my word. And I was doing a nurse's hair. <sighs> and the nurse jumped out of the chair and took his pulse and said, there's no pulse, and she started CPR, and... Somebody else went and called 911, and I just prayed over him and went, got to the hospital, took him back to Ann Arbor. They said, we're going to have to operate again. So second open heart surgery in three weeks. Wow. And he's five years old. Oh, and your mama heart. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And my, at the time, my pastor and his wife are saying, Sue, you need to, there's a healing service going on in Flint. You need to take him there, take him out of the hospital, take him there. Oh, my. And, and I said, you know what? I, I know that my husband and I need to be together on this. Yeah. And he's like, I can't, I'm not there, Sue. I can't do that. I don't, right. I'm not there. So I knew that I had to, we had to be together. Yeah. So open heart number two um, didn't go good. Cardiac arrest again right after surgery. His doctors came to us and his cardiologist came to us and said, you know, you've given the surgeon two shots. I think you should go somewhere else. And we're like, oh, where do we go? You know, and he said, I'll see what I can do. So the next thing I know, we're on an air. on an airplane with him and the doctor, and we're flying to the Mayo Clinic. And my husband is coming the next day. So we get to the Mayo Clinic, and there's, they put him in intensive care, and they're getting him all set up, and I'm in a waiting room, and there's another man in the waiting room with me. And all of a sudden we hear code blue, code blue, you know, and they're running and working, and him and I are looking at each other like, Okay. Who is it? Who is, is it yours it? or mine? Yes. Oh. Yes. And it was his, and she died. Oh. And the Lord gave me the 91st Psalm as a just a real comfort to me. And in the 91st Psalm, it talks about, you know, people will be dying at your side, 10,000 will fall at your side, but no harm will come to you. And I would just over and over just you know, meditate on his word and trust and believe it. And and, uh, so my husband arrived. He went in for his third open heart surgery. And a friend of mine at church, when he was in surgery, had a vision. And she said she saw him laying on the operating table. And she saw, um, like, 
light beams of light going up or covering him and it mm. was like the prayers of the saint and then she said the death angel was trying to get to him but he was so covered with prayer that wow that he couldn't get to him mm -hmm. and then she saw jesus take his heart in his hand and said i will make it new and so mm. he went seven years with no problems <laughs> came home seven years no problem Meanwhile, at the Mayo Clinic, my husband went down to the um, chapel, was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And so when we left the Mayo Clinic, we left in unity. Mm. We left saying, okay, we've got to find a church that we both want to be at, that we both can come together and be in unity. And right. so the Lord led us to a church in our hometown and that's where we stayed for 40 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so all you, you went seven years seven years then <laughs> yes and then and then one day he was swimming in the pool with his friend and um he had cardiac arrest and his friend pulled him out and again, I had somebody oh. in the beauty salon. <laughs> He's 12 about yeah. at this point. Yes. Yes. And uh, or this might have been the one where he talks about it in the book. Yeah, I, I remember the, the story. Yeah, the yeah. nurse comes and she's parked in front of our house and her car had overheated and she did CPR. And a, a nurse just happened to be in front of our in house. front of your house, With car, the car overheated. Yeah. And heard the screams. Yes, and came and did the CPR, and off we go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, and so through all of that, God was working in my heart and in my life, and learning how to learning to know Him, who He was, trusting Him, trusting His Word, and you know what His Word says, and getting it in my heart and and along with me my husband you know was on the same page as me so yeah. together we we could walk this walk that god had us on and uh, matt would fall over with cardiac arrest and i would pray over him and when he'd come to i'd say did you see jesus did you go to heaven and he'd say <laughs> No, mother, I was here and then I wasn't. So so I knew that his spirit hadn't left his body. He yeah. didn't die, but his heart had stopped beating. And I also come to realize that no matter what I did, mm -hmm. it wasn't up to me. Yeah. I could I could do all the right things. I could quote all the right scriptures. I could say all the right things, but God had a plan for mm -hmm. his life. And when it was his time to go, he would go. And But in my heart, I knew that he was going to live. Every time, I knew he was going to live. But that probably didn't take the fear away. But it didn't take, no. <laughs> and I had to say, Lord, I give this fear back to you. I lay it back down. You know, it was like I would pick it back up. Yeah. And then I'd lay it back down. And I can remember praying, you know, Lord, just give me your peace. And there were times when the peace of God would just flood over me. Wow. And I would, it was like, this is what how I want to live. Right. This is how, this is the peace I want. Mm -hmm. But 
little by little, the peace would go and the fear would creep back in. And, you know, I just had to learn how to trust him. Something in, because um, Matt wrote a book. Yes. And one of the things he said was somewhere along the line, I don't know if it was a doctor or, or who it was, but they said, um, you can cripple your son, yes. basically, or you could let him live. Yes. Yes. How, how was that? What are moments when you had to let him live instead of crippling him? Like they said, yeah, don't make him a cardiac cripple. And there, he would be out in the backyard playing football with his friends, and I would just be in the house thinking, oh, I wish he'd quit doing that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I allowed him to do it. Yeah. I allowed him to do it, and I would be in the house on my knees praying, you know, <laughs> and and it helped that I had my husband and I helped each other because it seemed like when I would be down, he would be able to mm. encourage me, or if he'd be down, I'd be able to encourage him in the Lord. And so we together was able to let Matt go. I remember one time he came out of the hospital and got home on a Friday and there was a football game and he wanted to go to it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you can't. Wait, you can't go to the football game. You, you just got in the house. You just got home. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, Mom, the same God that was with me at the hospital is with me at the football game. Wow. And he's with me wherever I go. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're there, not there, or whatever. Yeah. God is with me. And so that's kind of how we had to learn how to live. It's, you know. Yeah. And I think I was just talking with another girl uh, in, a, in a different interview, and she said, you know, we can say it's easy for us to say God is faithful when things are going well. Yes. Yeah. But to say God is faithful, you know, that's almost our, our, it's more of our human side of, oh, God is faithful because I'm healed, or God is faithful, mm -hmm. but. Because, you know, this didn't happen. Well, God is faithful even when we're not healed. Yes. God is faithful even when yes. something does happen. Yes. And really that faithfulness is that steadiness for this, right? It's Yes. It's even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yes. He's with us. You know, we don't fear evil because he he's walks with, with us. us. His staff yes. and his rod, they comfort us. Yes. It's not that he's faithful because something Good happens. Good happens. Exactly. He's I, faithful because of who he is, not because of what he does. And I, I remember telling myself um, on days when Matt wouldn't be doing very well and they'd be giving us a bad report, I would say, um, I can remember saying, the same God that I woke up this morning and served before mm -hmm. I knew this, it's the same God I'm going to serve now. Wow. It's the same. You're the same God. That's powerful. And I'm going to trust you just like I did before this happened. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it, and the scripture that would, that says we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are unseen, because yeah. things that are seen are temporary. Mm -hmm. Things that are unseen are eternal. And I would say, so I'm not going to look at what I see with my eyes. I'm going to look at what's eternal, what this is for the best, for the good, because your word tells me all things work for good. Right. And so I'm going to trust that this is for my good, for our good, that we are going through this. Right. And 
But that's a very personal verse, though, isn't it? Yes. Because if somebody else came and said that to you, oh yeah, I think you, I feel like I would want to punch that person in the eye. Oh yeah. <laughs> or, or the the verse the Lord gave me was, "I will not die, but live and proclaim what God has done." And and it's funny because my daughter in law, when Matt was in the hospital waiting for his heart transplant, my daughter in law would get angry at me because I would say things like. The Lord told me he will not, he's going to live and not die and proclaim what God has done. But God didn't give her that like right. he did me years ago when, when Matt was two years old. I mean, he planted that seed in me years and years and years, 40 years. I think that that's interesting. It was 40 years. 40 years. That's when he had his heart. Because 40 is a number in the Bible, I know, right? Like, I know. And I think about... I was thinking about um, Caleb because Joshua and Caleb were the two spies that said, yes, there's giants, but there's also milk and honey, right? And they yes. were almost stoned for their belief. Yes. They are almost killed because of what they decided. But Caleb had to wait 40 years before he could go conquer his land. And he kept hold of that faith and yes. that vision for 40 years. Right? Yes. That he held on to that for 40 years. Yes. He never let it go. And you had to hold on. So you, this all started when your baby was two months or four months four old. Months you old. found out when he was two, you heard this word from the Lord. At five, he had his first three surgeries. Yes. And then, you know, seven he got years a, later. He had another surgery. Yeah. He got a pacemaker at when? And at 17, he had a pacemaker and defibrillator put in. Um, yeah. And that's where he has a lot of story. His, yes. his, his having to choose yes. that he's going to live and he's going to enjoy life and he's going to yes. choose joy. Yes. He talked about getting shocked, yes. you know, and how scary that was and just so much. When, when he started going off to college, oh, how was that? <laughs> so I can remember saying to the Lord, how am I ever going to let this kid go to kindergarten? <laughs> How am I ever going to let him go to school? And, of course, the Lord gave me what I needed. He gave me the grace and the peace and what I needed. Well, then, jump ahead, going off to college. He had spent the whole summer in the hospital bed mm. just before going to college. And it was, again, Lord, how am I going to let him go to school? And once again, it was, Sue, you've got to trust me. You've got to trust. I have a plan for his life, and you have to trust me. And and I had to come to the place to realize that it wasn't up to me to keep him alive. Mm. You know, it was it, God had a plan for his life and and a plan for my life. And so it was not easy letting him go away to school. Yeah, I read a a book, and it's it's something that I've held on to. I think it's Greg Rochelle wrote it. And it said, um, you know, when we have these worries and these concerns, we are to take them to the Lord and pray about them, but then we're to leave them in his hands. Yes. Right? And he talked about, he encouraged you to write that out and then put it in a God box. Mm. Right? And mm -hmm. he said, you're going you're gonna to pray about it. You're going to take it to the Lord. You're going to feel it. You're going to understand it. It's there. But then you're going to put it in your God box and you're going to know that God can take care of it more than you can take care of it. Yes. And when you think that you, when you start worrying about it and you start 
you know, fretting and trying to make the way, then you have to go take it back out of the God box because that means you think you know more than God. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh. Yes. You know, and I'm sure, like, I mean, as a mom, it's like, I, oh, I'm just picking it up <laughs> and putting it back down. Yes. Yeah, that was good. Oh, I just can't imagine. But, I mean, he talks about you let him play baseball yes. as an elementary you know, yeah. kid. And, and all, like in high school, there was some limitations that he had to have. Yes. But he lived a normal almost, life. Almost, you know, I mean, except for these times. Yes. He lived a normal life. when he, The moments he wasn't in the hospital, he went yeah. to the football game. He yeah. went to, he had to make his own choices. But I think sometimes as that outsider, it's always hard to see somebody else hurting, especially our kids. Yes. And, yes. you know, you must have had moments of, of day by day, minute by minute. Like you said, he's outside playing and you're yeah. inside. Yeah. <laughs> repeating <Right>. verses. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it's, I like when you said, I felt the Holy Spirit come on me and I liked that feeling. Yes. Of a peace. Of, right? Yes. I feel like us that have don't have these major issues, but we have our own issues, and every issue is important. It can be easy to become addicted to that feeling of stress yeah. and fear. And and I sat down in my house. I would say it's just actually three or four months ago, and I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't want this feeling of a tight chest and yeah. and stress and anxiety. And it, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> I don't. Right. This is not where I want to live. And so you know, he led me to a verse that says only in, um, it's in quietness and confidence that's your strength. And, you know, returning and resting in me is your salvation and quietness and confidence is your strength. And I thought, and I just like, it was just like he just gave me that verse to say breathe. Yes. Yes. It's just in quietness. Yes. It's in the resting. Because it's nothing, it's, it's not, not memorized, it's not, right? Yeah. It's like all those things you listed. If I only do this and I do that. Now, memorizing the scripture was powerful for yeah. you. Yes. But yeah. it didn't change. It's, it didn't make, make it, so it happen. going to exactly. be healed. But it gave you the strength you needed. Yes. You yes. Know? So if somebody is going through these, somebody's going through something, maybe their son's not having, you know, open heart surgery throughout. Yeah. often and have gone into cardiac arrest but but they're going through something and they've got to choose peace and they've got to choose yes. joy there are things you did yeah and the word it was the word that brought me peace and comfort it was his word and through his word that's how we get to know him mm -hmm. and so as I grew to know him to know Jesus right. then I that peace began to, you know, yeah. come more often than not. Yeah. So you use scripture and mm. you repeat it. And I would say you meditate on it. Yes. Right? Yes. I think that we as Christians in the in America, we fear that word meditation as we think yes. Eastern, yes. you know. And, uh, but the scripture really tells us to be quiet in God's presence. Yes. There's times. So, um, Solomon wrote it in Ecclesiastes, just come and be quiet and stop babbling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can't hear God if we're constantly talking. Yes. Right? Yeah. So sometimes meditating on that scripture and just letting the scripture speak to us. Scripture is, a, I have found in my life, scripture is alive. 
Yes. And it can catch fire. Yeah. When you get, when, when, when something God speaks to you and he's like, here's this scripture and it just like explodes yes. in your life. Yeah. And you just hold on to it. And exactly. When we get to that point where we realize that scripture is so powerful. Yes. And so alive. And you could read it and God could say one thing to you and I could read it and God could say something totally different it's, to me. Yes. Yes. It's that alive. Yes. You know? And or you can read it one day and it doesn't do it for you what it does a week later. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's just, yes. It's just alive and constantly moving in our lives and I think that God is good in that way. So I mean we we focus on God's scripture. We you know we talked about earlier the peace and Paul tells us, I mean that's what I'm learning is Paul tells us to to focus on other things. Think on things that are good. good. Things that are lovely. Think on what is right. Instead we're thinking about all the bad stuff. Yes. And I'm sure you had you had you had to not think about him swimming in the pool. Yeah, or there was a time that the doctors told us, oh, we're going to put him on this medication. We can only get it from Europe. It's not FDA approved. And we mm. can get it from Europe. But he can't stay on it all his life because it will damage his liver. And so we're going to give it to him. And I'm like, so what happens when he can't take it anymore? Right. And the Lord spoke to my husband and said, Trust me today, I'll take care of your tomorrows. And when it came time for him to go off that medicine, there was a new medicine available in the United States that he was able to go on. Wow. And the Lord provided once again. So it's like we learned that we can't worry about that. We can't focus on that and worry about that. We just have to take one step at a time, one day at a time. Lord, you provided today. You provided this medicine today. Right. And when he needs a new one, you'll provide. Mm-hmm. So you lived out that verse, don't worry about tomorrow. tomorrow. Today has enough yes. concerns of its own. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that's truly living out that verse. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we we sadly referenced 40 years. So fast forward, your yes. son, he, something happened again. He he yes. he got the defibrillator and the pacemaker. Yes, and at he, seventeen. Yes, and he went off to college, and um, he did fairly well. He, I mean, the defibrillator would go off, and it was pretty traumatic. And um, he usually would feel it coming on, mm. and so he could still drive and things like that because he was able to feel it coming on. He could pull off the road if he needed. Um, But so he graduated college, started working at the U of M hospital. Mm. And um, he kind of was one of these kind of people that, okay, I'm going to play the cards I've been dealt. I might as well make the best out of the situation. And so working, being in the hospital a lot, he got himself lined up for a summer job at the hospital. That's cool. And worked in the cardiac um, uh, cath lab. And then one day, uh, some guy came in and said, you know, Matt, you'd be great at selling pacemakers and defibrillators. (laughs) So he started working for the company, um, the pacemaker defibrillator company. And in his 20s, he became the top salesman in the whole United States. Wow. 
but you know, he <laughs> he had a story. Yeah, and he could tell it. He had experience, and um, and so he would travel around, tell a story, and sell his book, and his and sell defibrillators and pacemakers, and huh. that's how he met his wife. Okay. She heard him speak at a church and said, I want to get to know him. And a year later, they were married. Wow. And she kind of said, I feel like God tricked me. Haiti is dark right now, but there are students who are still learning how to dream. You see, Richard Lafant has a program called the Rev Program, which means to dream. Did you know that you could impact the life of a Haitian student? And that life could change their family, could change their community, could change their country one day. You could be the reason a child dreams again, even in this dark time. You could be the reason that a child finishes high school, that a child takes on projects to change his community. You could be a hero in a child's life in Haiti. We would love for you to join us. If you want to join us in our ministry in Haiti and impact the life of a child, you can go to reachoutlefund.org slash give. There you can set up your monthly donation, you can set up a one-time donation, but we would love to have you partner with us. Because he went a whole year with no problems. <laughs> I think it was, you know, all the endorphins that you sure. get from being in love. <laughs> being in love. Yeah. 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 And then after, right after they got married, he started having lots of cardiac problems. Wow. So she really kind of wasn't prepared. No. Where you had, you had had this base by the time. Right? Yes. And yeah. And I was ready to pass the baton. <laughs> you know, here. Um and yeah, she is eleven years younger than him, also. Oh, okay. and so she was young and and fairly new Christian, and mm -hmm. um, I tr tried to tell her what it was going to be like, but you know, when you're in love, right, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because she hadn't seen all those episodes; she no. just saw a healthy man. Yes, yeah, and um, but God knew when He put her there too that that she was going to be a good thing for him. Mm. And they ended up adopting two children. Okay. And after they were married five years, he was not able to drive anymore. Wow. He had cardiac arrest and was really not doing well. And so they had to take his driver's license away, and once they did that, his company said, you can't work. If you can't drive, you can't sure. work. So so his, he no longer could work. So he was home every day and getting sicker and sicker, going downhill. They, had, they adopted two little girls in this period of time, and um, it came to the point where they said, we are going to put you on the heart transplant list. You need a new heart. And the U of M Hospital in Michigan put him on the transplant list. Well, he just began to get worse and worse. And um, one time 
the, he was at the hospital and the hospital called Ashley, his wife, and said, um, you need to get to the hospital. They're working on him and you need to get here soon. It doesn't look very good. So she called me, um, picked me up. Meanwhile, my husband was sick in bed because he had kidney disease. Oh, wow. And um, her and I drove the hour, a little over an hour to the hospital. And the whole while there, we just had praise music on. And for the first time ever, I thought he died when the phone rang. Oh. Her cell phone rang, and it was the U of M hospital. And I saw it come up. And for the first time ever, 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 I thought, he died. Oh, my gosh. Oh, like, wow. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, this is how it's ending, Lord? <laughs> yeah, this can't be. And she answered the phone. And the doctor said, um, this is, you know, hospital. Are you on it? Has anybody called you? And she said, yes, we're on our way. We're about 10 minutes out. How is he? And the doctor said, well, I don't know. They're still working on him. I'm not in the room. I just, you need to get here as soon as possible. So we pull up into the the ballet parking and jump out. And she throws the keys to somebody. And they go, wait a minute. She goes, my husband's dying. And she runs in. And, of oh, course, I think, you know, and we run in. We go up and yeah. tell us where to meet him. We meet him up at the fifth floor in the ICU. And we come in and say, we're the nobles. And, you know, we thought they were going to take us off in a room. And, you know, and... Somebody walks out of a room, and it, the nurse walks out of the room and says, Oh, the noble. Oh, he's right in here. He's doing good. What? <laughs> and Ashley fell to the floor, screaming, crying. And I'm like, okay. And, and, and they said, he's on a respirator, so he can't talk. But his heart's beating. We got him back. And so oh. we, we go in there, and he gives us a thumbs up because he couldn't talk. And... And and then the nurse says, I don't think there's brain damage because he seems pretty with it, you know. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and so from that point on, it was, okay, you got to get this heart transplant. But U of M decided, you're too sick. We're going to take you off the heart transplant list. You're not going to live. You're going to die. Wow. And, of course, then there's me going, you're not going to die, but live. <laughs> Proclaim what God has done. You're not going to die. You guys just kept speaking it over him. I did. I did. And I wouldn't let people speak no. the other. God had given you a prophecy. Yes. And you were going to proclaim it. Yes. Oh, my word. <laughs> While the doctors are taking your son off of the <laughs> transplant list. Oh, my word, Sue. Yeah. And oh. so the... <sighs> the... um. They take him off the list. He gets on the phone. They get him off the respirator. All this. He, by this point, he's skin and bone sick. Looks like death, you know. He gets on the phone and starts calling all over the United States for a hospital. He said it's kind of like applying for college. He'd call the hospital and say, I need a heart transplant, and I need to talk to somebody in cardiology who would be in charge of that. And they would put him through. and. The only place that said they would look at him was in California, Cedar Sinai, in Beverly Hills, California. Wow. And I always say, leave it to the Lord to give you a heart from Beverly Hills, California. <laughs> <laughs> 
So meanwhile, it's like, how do we get him to California? He's, you know, he's in ICU. His heart's going beating crazy. And he's saying, well, I'll just fly out there. And the doctors are like, man, you can't, you know, go get on a commercial flight and fly, you know. Yeah. So my daughter started a GoFundMe page. Okay. And and in the first hour raised like eighty thousand dollars. Oh my word. And then like within two days he was on jet ambulance flying to California with his wife. Oh my goodness. And out there he was in the hospital six months. They kept him six months while he waited. While he waited. They had he had three offers. The first offer they took him down, got him all prepped, ready to get the heart. Oh, plus when he got out there, they said you also need a liver. Oh wow! Your liver is totally damaged. All the medicine that he's had yeah. beyond. So um, I always said, isn't that just like the Lord to throw in a liver? You know, <laughs> more than a you know than we Why ever can asked you to think. a new heart when we can give you a liver too. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the first one wasn't a good match when they went to get it. It wasn't good. So then that was September. I think in November he got another call, and then that one didn't work either. Wow. Meanwhile, he's just, every day when you go visit him, you could see he's dying. You could just yeah. see, you could see he was dying. And at the same time, my husband had a brain tumor. Oh, my. That was cancerous. And he, he's, we're out there and he's getting chemo and radiation at the same time. Wow. Uh, and so Matt's in one wing and Doug's in another wing. And <laughs> you are, and where are you emotionally at this moment? Your husband is, is dealing with cancer. Yes. His son is slowly dying. Yes. I'm going, really, Lord? Really? Really? <laughs> right. We're honest. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Like, but, you know, it's like God gave me what I needed to walk that walk. It's all, you know, I mean, was it easy? No. Mm-hmm. It was very hard. And I did a lot of crying, a lot of tears. But yet, I knew that I could trust the Lord. Yeah. I knew that that he cared about me, he cared about us, that I could trust him. Right. And my son always said, God gave you a gift of faith. Yeah. It's a gift. Absolutely. And he said, I've never seen anybody with so much faith that it and I said it was it he gave it to me what I needed when I needed it. Yeah. And um um anyway, my son got a new heart. From a 23-year-old, um, that's all we know about him. He was 23 years old, wow. a new heart and a new liver. And when he got that heart, the minute I walked in the room to see him, he's all hooked up to all these machines, you know. And I said, oh, oh my gosh, he looks so good. And the nurse goes, we don't usually get that response. <laughs> I said, I've seen him so many times have open heart surgery. And he still had that old heart that was not working good. Right. This time his color was good. He, wow. He, I, it was like, you got your heart. God gave you what he promised so long ago. And you're going to be good. <laughs> right. And, um, and 
for three weeks, he didn't know who we were. Really? He was delirious. And the nurse said, how long have you and your wife been married? He looked at her and he goes, that's my wife. Oh, I wish. And she's like, yes, Matt, that's your wife. Why does everybody call me Matt? He said, my name is Penny. And it was like, he was like crazy. (laughs) it, It was so awful because here he came through all of this, has his new heart, and now he's like delirious out of his mind. So Christmas Eve, I was standing by his bed and he looked at me and his wife had gone home to have a break and he looked at me and he goes, Mom, did I win? I go, yeah, you won, Matt. You won. Yes, you got your heart. And he goes, where's Ashley? Oh. He, it was like somebody took a switch, turned it on. He came back. He was back. And we called his wife. She came back. It was it was like our Christmas miracle. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really special. And um, and my husband didn't die of a brain tumor or cancer. Okay. Um, Fifteen years before, I gave him my kidney. Oh wow! And um, in the midst of going through all this with Matt, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to be a match for your husband. He needs your kidney, and I'm going to increase his life 15 years. So, you know, again, I'm like, really, Lord? (laughs) Really, me, again? But we we went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, you're going to need a kidney transplant. And he looked at me and said, "What, um, what, what type are you? And I said, I don't know. And I looked at my husband and said, well, if you pay my credit card off, I'll give you my kidney. <laughs> and the doctor went, it's illegal to sell your organs. I'm like, I was just kidding. And my husband's like, no, you were. <laughs> so we went home and, and we were praying about it. And the Lord just clearly spoke to me that it was going to be me. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he was going to increase his life 15 years. And my husband died. 15 years and one month wow. after he got my kidney. Wow. And he didn't die of cancer when he was out there in California. I kept telling him, you got five more years. This isn't going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> and they did radiation and chemo and and killed all the cancer. And, wow. And so you were able to all come back home. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And when I went out there, I didn't know if I'd come back by myself with him, with yeah, Either one of them with what? You really had to just walk by faith every yes. day. That was definitely the shadow of death. Yes, yes. <laughs> to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. I will fear no evil because yeah. you didn't know. No, and you know people would. You know I would always say, but none of us know. Yeah, none of us know. Mm-mm. And yeah, it was a little more obvious that he might not right. make it, but. You know, I mean, look at the person who goes out and right. doesn't ever come home. They get yeah. killed or, you know, yeah, so right. I had to, I had to live, come to the place of you have a plan yeah. and a purpose and you are going to walk me through it. And, and when my husband died, it was not easy, you know, and I'm here now trying to find my way of, 
being alone and it's a you whole know, new journey of faith. Oh, it is because before we were all so close, yeah, because of what we had walked, and now I'm yeah. alone, yeah, and so it's a whole different walk and yeah. finding my way and trusting the Lord. And How did you? I mean, that's that's very interesting to me that the Lord told you you had 15 more years, uh huh, and so when those 15 years were coming. You could see it. How did you feel? How did you? Were you more at peace about it? Like you were yes. okay with it? Yes. Or because in that fifteen years, he he was sick a lot. Okay. He wasn't. You know, it wasn't like he had fifteen glorious years. He had fifteen years of struggling. Okay. Health wise, and watching him, you know, be in pain and not feel good, and yeah. Okay. So it got to the point where actually just before he passed away, he came to me and said, Sue, I think it's time. He said, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. And he he wanted me to call hospice and take him off all this medicine and let him go. And I'm like, oh, my. (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. Yeah, but I didn't have to make that decision. Yeah, he he made it. I, we didn't have to take him off his medicine. Oh. He, the Lord took him. Wow. He, he, he said, take me to the hospital. If they can't do anything, he had an AFib. Okay. He said, if they can't give me an AFib, bring me home and call hospice and let me go. I took him to the hospital. They couldn't get him out of AFib, so I said, we're going home. He was home for three hours, and he passed away. Wow. And my pastor came to pray with him, and he prayed with him, and he said, thank you, Jesus. And then my pastor, I walked him out the door, and when I came back, he was gone. Wow. He just... Peace, so peacefully. So just peacefully left. he walked. Mm-hmm. What a blessing. It was. Really. It I was. mean, not a blessing that you lost your husband. No, but that he... It, he didn't struggle. He didn't... It was from this life to the next. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's so exciting for me to think of, of getting there with him, mm-hmm. going there with, you know, and him waiting for me. Right. And, yeah. But learning to walk on yes. your own. Yes, what yes. Has been, what has been the hardest thing in your new faith walk, this new journey that you're on, um, to now trust God with? Um, my husband was... My rock. Yeah. And I miss him. Yeah. You had how many years together? 49. Wow. Yeah. And he was such a man of God and such a good husband. And he took care of me and he Mm. made my life so good. Yeah. So it's sometimes it's hard for me when I see other couples that I just think they don't know what they don't have that and I'm I'm so thankful that we were able to just to have that relationship and you know trust God together and walk that walk Mm -hmm. and what a blessing you had in that I mean you you recognize that that was such a blessing yes yes yeah and how God took two Unsaved, 
crazy Crazy people. party animals. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, made such a beautiful life in spite of all the heartache and hardship. And, yeah. you know, he took it and made it wonderful. Isn't that fun? Our God is good. Our God he is. is good. So yeah. now it is dealing with more loneliness. Yes. And, yeah. And not having that comrade. Yeah, that your husband really was in yeah. your faith journey. Yes, when there's yeah. like you said, sometimes you were up and he was down. And yes. the opposite. So yes. now when you're down, it's where is that? Where is that pick me up? Yeah, yes. I remember I had even asked you this at the first time we really met over to to Bruce and and Sherry. Yeah, um, and I had said, well, how would you minister? How can we minister to widows? Because Yes. It is awkward. Like, we don't know. I think people, it's not that I don't think people don't want to minister. I think we don't know how. Yeah. I never did. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you shared with me some interesting What did you say? Oh, well, I don't know. What did, did I say? say? <laughs> did I say? You told me that, um, ask about my husband. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Talk about my husband. Yeah. 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 Talk about my husband. And it's okay if I cry. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something that we, we fear of. Well, if I say something and they start crying, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Right. right. But we don't have to be sorry. Those are good tears. Those yeah. are healthy tears. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's okay that we can just hug somebody when they start to cry. Yes. We can just sit there with them and let them cry. Yes. Yeah. And I'll, I didn't, I guess I didn't say my son now lives a normal life wow. he's able to run and swim he plays tennis every day <laughs> i mean he can live a life he couldn't live in high school yes he, he can live a life that he didn't live for 40 years wow he's 46 and um he's a miracle he's yeah. just a miracle the doctor said in in the hospital, there were four guys that were waiting for a heart transplant. And they said, out of those four guys, you were the one man that we didn't think would make it. Wow. And he's thriving. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Perfect spot for God to show his glory. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How faithful. But I just think what a beautiful example you are to us about... I mean, for 40 years, you had to hold on to that. Yes. You held on to that promise. You knew God spoke to you. Yeah. And I, I know that there's places in my life where I really feel like God has spoke to me. And I know that I know that yes. I know that God spoke to me. But then I still question it. Oh, yeah. I do, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. And I guess that's just normal part of human life, isn't yes. it? Yeah, when you see your son laying there and they're working on him, he has no life in you, and you're saying, "Oh, but he's gonna live." Right? You know, <laughs> it's kind of like it wasn't that easy. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of struggles and mm -hmm. and going back to what he promised, and yeah. you know, yeah. like you said, is. You found that place of peace, and then slowly that fear would creep, would back, creep in. back in. And then you'd have to go back and reclaim that peace. You have to. It really is that that choice. Of, yes. I don't want to live in this fear. Yes. Because it's it's crippling itself. Like yes. not only could you have crippled him, but you would cripple yourself. Right. Yes. You know. Yes. And you have. You had to choose. You had to make that decision. Yes. To claim those verses and to claim that promise and to yes and to really rest. 
Yeah. And, that, and, that and not like strive to make it happen. I, I went through all those phases mm. of, you know, and then having to, like Abraham, give him up to the God and say, okay, okay, he can die. Right. I, I mean, you promised me he's lived, so it doesn't matter if he dies. If he dies, he will live again. Yes, and he, and, and I surrender him to you. Wow. And I will still serve you even if he dies. Mm. I had to really get to that point, you know, of being able to say that also. I bet. Yeah, because what if, if what? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, is, does your son become the idol then? I won't worship you if he doesn't. Because okay. people did worry about me. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh my gosh, if that kid dies, she's gonna she's gonna turn from God, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So that is that was a really. I bet you that was a really big emotional breakthrough for you. It was. You? It took me a long time to get there. Yeah. I think he was a teenager by the time I reached that point. Yeah. So yeah, and so many things along. The, one day I'm. This was back before cell phones, mm-hmm. so I would maybe go out of town like go shopping in a nearby town, come back in town and wonder, oh my gosh, hope nobody's trying to get a hold of me. One time I'm coming back into town, the ambulance is going down the road, and I pull off, pray for the family or whoever it's going to, pull back on the road and it turns into my yard. Oh no. And I I was like paralyzed with fear. I couldn't even get out of my car. Mm. And my daughter comes running and says, Mom, he's breathing, he's breathing. And it's like, sometimes I think about those days and it's like, oh, how did I do it? I don't want to do it again. But Right. But only by the grace of God did you do it. Did I do it? Yes. Yes. Because on our own strength, I couldn't imagine doing all that on my own strength. But Uh I know people that that do it and I just think how sad for them that they have to do it on their own strength. Right. When we have a God that... We'll walk through it with us. Yes, and carry and us. wants to carry us yeah. and help us. And yeah. 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 And I think that that's exactly it. He carries us, and he carries our problems. Yes. We don't have to, that striving, we don't have to carry, because there's nothing you could do right. to carry that problem on your own. No. You could try to lug it around all you wanted. Yeah. And wouldn't have done anything. And there were times when my son would get mad at me. Mm. because he'd say, if I, Mom, if my heart was healed, then I wouldn't be dropping over. So quit saying it's healed. <laughs> but then after his surgery, he took my hand and he said, Mom, thank you for always, always believing. You always believed. And I want to thank you for that. Even when I thought you were crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you always believed. And I, and I said to him, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was God through me. God gave that to me for you. And it was all him. (laughs) But you were proud. I mean, you were bold enough to speak it. Yes. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we we hear something and we don't want to, like, if I say that and then it doesn't happen. Then we're going to look bad. Then we're, yeah. Right? (laughs) But it's not on us. It's not. It's God. Like, well, okay, God. If this doesn't come through, it's you, because I'm going to proclaim it like your word says. Yes. 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 Mm. (laughs) Wow. Well, Sue, I have completely enjoyed my time talking to you. You are such, seriously, you're an inspiration to me. You are um, just a role model with how we really can choose 
and it doesn't, because your story doesn't take away the pain. You went through the pain. And I think that we feel like we have to either choose to live in pain or live in peace. And, and I think that somehow those walk together. Yes, amen. Right? Yes. And, and it's okay to hurt, but it's also okay to live. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with me today and spending time with me. Thank you for having me and letting me tell my story. Talk of his love, talk of his mercy. Power from above, he's given us new clothes. Come on, put on your clothes. I got new clothes. Wow, wasn't Sue's message amazing? I thought it went so well with this month's pillar of it's just in the resting sue went from thinking that if she didn't pray enough or didn't she have enough faith or if she didn't memorize enough scripture maybe what god had promised her wouldn't come and then releasing that and recognizing that it really nothing depended on her she just had to be quiet and to be confident, confident in the message that God gave her. She heard it, she knew it, and she believed it. And there was nothing she could do to change it. What an amazing story. I hope it encouraged you today. If you are inspired by this message and think somebody else needs to hear it, please pass it on to them. And I would love for you to give me feedback. I'm starting a whole new session here. This is season two, and I want to hear from you. Would you give me feedback? If you haven't yet, go subscribe and please leave a review. That helps me so much. Let's build this community of women empowered to walk out of shame. Let's build this community of women who are standing in the mercies of God and standing as beautiful women who are ready to change the world. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining me today. Just be blessed and know that God loves you, and so do I.